highlights? Everybody's excitement was uh, to get their permit, get a car, and uh, obviously that's not very um, economical, of course. It's not sustainable. So, you know, hopefully we could, like, um, help them in that path, too. Not think about getting cars and uh, start transporting themselves wherever they got to go in a bicycle. I think what I've seen happen over the years is that the riders have gotten really young. You know, hopefully the younger generation's leaders will emerge and and, uh, keep it going. If not, then uh, maybe everybody will get on segways. (laughs) And it took the mayor of Paris, after they had a transit strike that shut down Paris, saying, we can't, we must have other options. And so he fought the equivalent of his city council and others said, we're going to have bike share programs and we're going to have bike lanes and I'm going to take away some of the lanes that taxis and uh, truck drivers use. And yes, you're going to object at first, the long run, it'll reduce traffic congestion, it'll improve air quality, improve the health of our people. I'm here with <laughs> Andy Soch Panoch. Um, I'm here with Ovarian Cycles in collaboration with Daisy from Yerba's Yerberia uh, Mayawel. So today we're here in celebration of our new space. It's not the inauguration, but it's like more of a private event for our community and the community members that have shown like a strong support for what we're doing. So. Yeah, we are asking donations at the door, and we're selling drinks, but the food's free, and we provided a space so we can, like, make people feel welcome and part of uh, the family. Uh, today, the the goal is to raise money for some of the things we need to fix here at the space, uh, also for rent. So that's mainly what we're here to do, right? And But the future of this space will be to conduct workshops to uh, to be some sort of asylum not asylum <laughs> to be some sort of like a refuge for women or you know a, a second home for women that can come women of color but women in general the people in the community basically um, that's what we're trying to do today try to you know open our doors for the community and be a resource for the community Riding bikes around evolve into having a resource with <laughs> So we first started, you know, just trying to build sisterhood within our community by organizing rides, and it quickly evolved into something more of uh, like an activism type of ride. So these rides have turned into like, okay, we we realize that we need to take up more responsibility and what we're doing is really important. So that's how we decided, okay, our long-term goal would be to have a physical space to conduct workshops and, you know, have a bike shop. So we are so happy to say that, you know, our goal was uh, reached within our third year of its existence. So we're really proud, very, like, emotional happy it's overwhelming and it's a lot of responsibility but we feel like it's worth it and everything has been evolving organically so we couldn't say no to the opportunity of opening up this space cool. um, what are you the 
most excited about for the space? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to conducting the bike mechanics and also recruiting more women from across the street, which is Mendez High. And I've talked to several women, several girls that have been um, uh, that are attend to the school and are very eager to just be part of something. And it seems like they're eager for some sort of like positive female role model in their life. So I think to me that's the most important, mentoring women, mentoring young women of color and pushing them to be leaders and encouraging them to be part of ovarian cycles one way or another, whether it's being part of the core collective or just coming out into rides and, and do whatever they can to be to feel like they're part of something very positive and life-changing. And what do bikes have to do with um, something that's positive and life-changing, especially, like, what do bikes mean for you? Well, for us, we, are, we feel like the bike is like a tool but also an excuse to get together we feel like the bike is our own way of protesting we feel the bicycle can heal us in many ways like in our vision says emotionally spiritually and physically while addressing pertinent issues so we feel like this is what we're trying to do and i feel like we're doing um a decent job accomplishing that Thank you so much for being on Bike Talk. No problem. Thank Again. you. My name is Jocelyn, also known as Jocelyn I am an Ovarian Cycle Corps member. Um, tonight we're here at the uh, at our new uh, space, Reclining La Conchita, for now. Um, it was a nice, I guess, uh, gift that fell on our lap by our homie uh, Marcos and their collective, uh, Centro Comunitario Comunicación. Uh, they didn't want to let go of the space and see it turn into some type of cafe or something like that. So they wanted to keep it within the community. So they reached out to us. And now we're here tonight fundraising for the space. And uh, hopefully we get some cash and let the, let the community know about um, our, new, our new home. How do you see uh, how do you see being integrated your work with the work of the other people that are going to be sharing the space with you? Totally. So um, there's one group here that is working with youth on uh, on journalism and broadcasting, and uh, we're 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 also looking to work uh, with youth, um, I guess, as uh, mentors um, to guide them. Um, to open them up to, I guess, uh, a different, I would say, like, a, I guess, a consciousness, you know, uh, kind of like stepping away from uh, the whole mainstream media and, like, reaching back into their, uh, into their ancestral roots in a way and uh, becoming more empowered um, as, a, as a community of color since, you know, this area is mainly people of color um, and especially reaching out to um, to the women and also uh, we have another uh, another group here that uh, works with with herbs healing herbs 
essential oils like aromatherapy, Yerberia uh, Mayawel with Daisy, um, and she's handling uh, this great uh, products on uh, uh, self healing, herbal healing, um, organ- in an organic, holistic way. And uh, I think that we we fit in in with her as well with our you know our, our biking. Um, because biking is holistic, it's organic, and it's, uh, it's I mean, it's good physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So I think that we, we all seem to uh, come together in a very organic way in this unique space. And what are you, Joss the Boss, most excited about for the space? Oh, I'm excited that there's a high school right next, right across from it. So we're hoping to reach out to all the young ladies um, you know, empower them, uh, give them uh, other options to whatever is out there right now. I mean, like, MTV is not very great, so we're hoping to, like, uh, you know, uh, empower them, you know, physically, like I said, emotionally and spiritually, give them a different option, give them a, a different uh, perspective in life. Cool. Are you hoping to have um, maybe a local women and other people be going on more of your rides right no yes definitely um i'm hoping that with the with being in this space that we could reach out to these young women across the street at the at the high school hopefully they could pick up bikes you know and uh because i remember when i was in high school like everybody's excitement was uh to get their permit get a car and uh, obviously the, that's not very um economical of course it's not sustainable so you know hopefully we could like um help them in that path too like not think about getting cars it's fucking hella expensive it doesn't make any sense you know hopefully they could save their money go to college you know handle their shit that way and uh start transporting themselves wherever they gotta go in a bicycle Cool, that's awesome. I've heard that actually the use of cars has gone down with high schoolers. Like the percentage of people buying cars is actually lower and that there's more people buying bikes even in L.A. So what do you think about that? Right. I mean, like the whole fixie craze, I think that's kind of what made the high schoolers want to get bikes. But I mean, when I was in high school, I was like, damn, I got my permit. You know, I got my mom's car. Let's go to a party. But um, now we see them, you know, cycling. What we want to do is, like, make sure that they're cycling in a safe way. Um, you know, wearing the wearing helmets, uh, having their lights, uh, riding on the right side of the road, just uh, being safe on the road. Cool. Um, thanks for being on Bike Talk. And it's great to hear from the Ovarian Cycles again. It's great to hear that you're moving on forward to new and amazing, exciting opportunities and spaces. Oh, one more question. I heard that um, you were going to be doing your, um, possibly having bike rides maybe start and end here. Is that still a thought? Yes. Now that we have like a home base, I guess, like uh, the the uh, OVA headquarters, um, definitely this is like like a place to start end to end it's uh it's accessible by the uh the train um so this is definitely a place to stop and end like it's indoors you know we could be inside when it's cold um we have a out outdoor little patio no i'm good thank you (laughs) sorry but yeah um yeah so this is definitely a place to start and end it's good Cool. Thanks for being on Bike Talk again. Thank you.
Estamos aquí en el café tropical. Acabamos de regresar de un viaje a Bogotá, Colombia. We wanted to do Ciclovía and experience that, the birthplace of Ciclovía, which we did, and it was extremely fun. And uh, we couch surfed, so yeah. Um, Ciclovía was awesome in Bogotá. Um, it was. You know, surprisingly similar, I thought, to uh, Ciclavia here in L.A. Um, there were a lot of people out, and um, it wasn't just people on bikes. There were people skating and walking their dogs and out with their kids. And you had some more serious riders and then just some recreational riders. And uh, I guess it went from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m., And it wasn't a straight line. They had, you know, they had a route that kind of looped around, and um, I'm not it sure. A lot of legs to it. Yeah, it had a lot of legs. Mm -hmm. mm. Not the main route, but different routes that you can take. Yeah, it wasn't just a straight line, and it was, it was a. I mean, I didn't look at a map, but as far as I understand, there's something like 80 kilometers of streets are closed. Which uh, I mean, there was a long stretch of uh, Carrera. Siete, yeah, that was uh, closed down. But then we dipped down to Carrera 10, and one of the one of the fun things about it was a lot of the, the street vendors that are along the route, including where we stopped. We stopped at a at a juice. I guess would you call it juice? It was like pretty much big chunks of fresh fruit. Fresh fruit, and then there was a whole team just like. Banging away at, at oranges, papayas, watermelon, everything, and just dumping it into this big bucket, and they put it in your cup, and it was no sugar added. It was so sweet, it was so delicious. The Colombians, they have um, a lot of you know fruits in that region that just fruits that we've never even heard of that that were there. That was so delicious, and they they pride themselves on fresh fruit. And everywhere you go, you can get, you know, fresh fruit squeezed. And it's absolutely delicious. Siglovia was started in Bogota 30 years ago, and it's just still every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday, and it was full of people, you know. Full of people. Yeah. Doggies, too. <laughs> Do you think that that'll happen here, where it'll be every Sunday? I would imagine it would be nice to know that When you know, because then you never have to ask when is it. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, what's interesting about that situation is is that uh, like I want to see Ciclovia happen every Sunday here. Um, I didn't see a ton of people riding bikes other than Ciclovia, so I kind of started to wonder like, is it considered to be the bike holiday, and that's the time you ride your bike, you know, rather than teaching people you should be riding your bike every day. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I expected to see a lot more people on bikes in Bogota. Did you have bikes? We had bikes. We had rental bikes. We borrowed bikes. And I bought a bike. And I, somehow I ended up buying a bike for 75 bucks that was not worth 75 bucks. And it was too small, and um, so I gave it to our our couch surfer host, and he was stoked. 
because he's never had a bike in Bogota, so hopefully he'll, he'll get some good use out of it. Midnight Riders, you guys take trips to other places. You want to talk, tell me about that? We do. Every new year, um, for the last few years, we've been taking trips to different cities to explore on bikes. We did um, New Orleans one year. And I shouldn't say just on New Year's. It's whenever somebody decides to hit a city, people will swarm there and will group up and ride. So we did Bogota this year, New Orleans. How does, that, how does the swarm decision get made? It's usually um, somebody chirps about it, and if enough people decide it's a good idea, it gains momentum and it becomes a trip. So yeah. You guys are like the ultimate uh, like anarchy organization, huh? <laughs> I guess so, in some ways. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like there is no structure until there's a structure. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how it happened this time. Although I wish... My only wish was that we would have publicized it a little bit more. We had about 10 people out there, but usually we get about 30, 30 to 40. You're talking about the New Orleans trip? New Orleans trip was about 35 people. Yeah, and what's great about that is um, when you have 35 people swarming into an area, you can call you can call a Midnight Riders ride, and you have already enough people to have a, a good Midnight Riders ride, but you also have a lot of ideas on adventures to have and the group can split up it doesn't have to stay together this time around we kind of had to stay together because the security situation was was pretty iffy so um is this your first trip with the riders? yeah it was my first trip um and it was a lot of fun you know bogota it turned out to be pretty difficult to get bikes there um so like we tried renting bikes but they really weren't in um, good condition and they weren't very fun to ride um, so we didn't do as much riding as we had probably originally planned to but we did do um, a Bogota um, city tour on bike through um, Bogota bike tours and the owner is a gringo named Mike and he used to live in San Francisco and then he moved to Bogota and started up this company. And um, it was really fun. Um, we had a guide, and we did a private tour because there were about ten of us. And we ended up spending about nine hours just the whole day with this guy, going all over the city, um, shopping for food, and just exploring, talking to locals, taking photos. So that was definitely one of the highlights. Yeah, that was awesome. We even went, you know, as a group, you can go through some pretty sketchy areas. And we ended up going through the Red Light District, which was an, a very sketchy area. Yeah. But because there was a group of us, it was safer. And um, it was just really interesting. Mike... Mike of Mike's Bikes is awesome, and his guide, Mauricio, was the one who led us around and told us the history of pretty much every building we came to. Like, it was great. And he, he brought us to the government buildings, and he also, we went to the plaza. I forget what the name of the plaza is. Maybe it's like the... Simon Bolivar. Yeah, probably the Simon Bolivar Plaza. And there was an Occupy encampment there. There was an M16 or M19 encampment. And 
M19 is a FARC-related resistance movement, from what I understand. And uh, they had a camp there, and he was telling us kind of the history of of Colombia in terms of, you know, there's like a revolution every 10, 15 years, or a coup, or, you know, it was starting to get confusing, everything, but there's generally a lot of unrest in Colombia, which, you know, I'm sure... Uh, involves the United States in some way, the United States support of the Colombian military um, and the resistance towards, you know, communist and left-wing forces like the FARC and all that stuff. It's all happening. And it, it, it makes you... It makes you kind of thankful when you get back to the United States. It makes you actually very thankful to have the stability that we have because over there it's the stability just doesn't really exist you know it's it's there but it's it's shaky and uh it's just interesting it's like everybody should everybody should travel to a developing country and and see it you know and experience it everybody from the united states <laughs> should like uh, the mayor was getting ousted while we were visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a big scam. Well, um, so what's coming up with the future with uh, Midnight Riders? What, more developing countries or uh, what, just the, what night is the Wolfpack Hustle? Wolfpack Hustle is supposed to be happening Monday nights. I'm not sure that it's happening anymore because um, I haven't been riding it. But um, Tang's Donuts closed, which is very sad. That's a huge blow, you know? Huge. I mean, what's going to exist there now? We should start a bike shop there. Yeah. A donut slash bike shop. That's Gourmet true. donuts and well, bikes. They have some, they have like hybrid bike shops where they have like coffee. Yeah. It should be coffee, donuts, and bikes. Yeah. And if you could get a liquor license, you could sell beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, so then what? What, what do we look forward to? There's a 10-year anniversary for Midnight Riders in February. Um, there's Salt and Sea. And there's also the Marathon Crash Race on March 9th. Seems like they just had that. But, yeah, the Marathon. Yeah. So Wolfpack Hustle will be kicking off the Unified Title Series 2014. Um, we're calling it the Urban Cycling World Championship. You know... Yeah, that's right. We declared the world championship. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's we'll see what happens. It's Last year we had about three, 4,000 racers. It's getting to the point where it's as professional as any ride out there, right? But with a bunch of, you know, amateurs. <laughs> well, um, our series was professional. I mean, it was, we did have presentation sponsors. Um we were working with a shoestring budget, but we did uh, pull off a pretty awesome series, and it got a lot of attention, and uh, it was very competitive. Our champion uh, was declared champions. We have a uh, men and women category, so we had Joe Celso, who's a Wolfpack Hustle Team A rider, uh, win the championship, and on the men's side, we had Edgar Willow Juarez, 
uh, Long Beach, Compton favorite. Um, local. Local. He's he's a local, and he's want, a. Right? You said the dog tags. <laughs> the dog tags have to stay in L.A. I say that because I want people to come here and take them from us, and they they so far. They've kind of taken them from us. Arizona State Bikes team has taken them probably the most. It's a great group of, of riders. So we hope to see them again uh, this year. When is this going to be televised? That's what I'm talking about. Like, We did actually get a race televised. We had two bonus races in 2013. The city of Huntington Park paid for um, everything. Uh, for us to do a race in Huntington Park, and that turned out to be awesome. And we also had a race during the LA Grand Prix at the Carson Velodrome, which was a UCI international race, and they gave us the track to use for um, our first ever track race. And I came up with a format that was never before attempted because... The technology just wasn't available, but we've done. We did a, a race format called the All Out War format, in which every rider gets points every lap. It's definitely a, a war, an all out war, because if you're not staying in the front the whole time, you're losing points to somebody else who is, and that's that's the fun of that race. So we did it, and um, I don't know where I was what I was talking about, but. That race, um, yeah, that race was televised on Universal Sports. I forgot, that's the whole point. But that race was televised. So I'm hoping to get the feed from Universal Sports because I'd love to see it and see how it looked. All right, well, maybe somebody out there wants to make a deal with uh, Midnight Riders for televising the the, um, (laughs) marathon crash race this time. Well, it would have to be with Wolfpack Hustle, but... um, there is a company that I'm talking to that does live web streaming, and it's possible to do live web streaming from a mobile, um, like a vehicle. So I'd love to be able to do a live stream of the race at 4 a.m. in the morning, because when 4 a.m. for us is the afternoon or evening in Europe. I'd love to get Europe in and seeing this race, you know, and wanting to have one happen out there. Well, this might be a step in establishing a worldwide network of events like this. I went to Berlin in 2013 to uh, to talk to some folks out there about bringing Wolfpack Hustle to Berlin. And there were people there that knew about Wolfpack Hustle and that, that are ready to work with us. It's just a matter of finding the, the right sponsors who will put the money down for it. Um, there's, there's one in uh, the Bay Area, right? There is a Wolfpack Hustle in the Bay Area. There's one in San Diego. There's one in St. Louis. And there's also a group in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. They call themselves the Josie Hustle. They're loosely affiliated with us. They definitely took inspiration from us and, and communicate with us. Um, although I wouldn't necessarily call them an official chapter, but um, I'd love to go out there and ride with those guys. Um, 
Okay. So are you competitive with the people who are, like, winning these races? No, there's no way, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. Can I race? Can you? Yeah, I mean, are you, like, you wouldn't be at the front of one of these, like, no. uh, not even not even close. <laughs> That's That was something that kind of became an issue with the Monday Night Rides. I did the Monday Night Rides. I led them for five years straight every week. And I had a serious crash in 2009 that um, kind of, if you stumble off that ride, it's hard to get back on. I got back on. And then I had a crash in 2011 where I was knocked out for 30 hours, woke up in the hospital, and uh, never really recovered onto the, the Wolfpack ride. I had cracked ribs, a split liver, and a, a concussion. And I just just couldn't get back on and Fabian uh, Fabian Vazquez took over and led the ride and did a really amazing shit and I was just like you know it's it just becomes really difficult to lead a ride when you're not as fast as these young whippersnappers that blast like Fabian and some of the other guys so it's in their hands are there, are there any other rides in LA that are like this intense there's actually a fast-paced ride every single day in L.A. It's I've noticed on the calendar that, I mean, there's traffickers, there's bicyclers, there's, uh, what is that one, cyclones, there's um, uh, 626 raccoons, there's, like, what was that one ride we ran into? Oh, yeah, night cats. Night, night cats. There's... Cushtown. So the wolf pack ran into the night cats? Um, well, me and Catherine on our tandem ran into night cats. <laughs> we were just like, what ride is this? And they're all night cats. <laughs> like, dope. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, when we first started, there wasn't any other fast paced ride. And now that, now that there's one every week, it, every day, it's kind of dope. Kind of like that movie, The Warriors. <laughs> yeah. We had a Warriors ride. Oh, well, you did? Yeah. Did it involve other actual bike groups, or was it like made up? At the time, it was it was a uh, it was a hide and go seek. It was a game of hide and go seek for midnight riders. We set up four start points. We set up a boundary of like four square miles, and there was a group which was the Warriors, which was a group that was led by me, that would ride through this boundary area. And the job of everybody else was to find us and join us, if they could. And uh, it turned into one of the funnest rides I've ever been on, where people dressed up like the Warriors. They dressed up like the different gangs. We saw guys in baseball outfits and this and that. And uh, they'd see us, and they'd be like, oh, and they'd like chase us and join our group. And then we'd turn a corner, and all of a sudden, down Fairfax, it was like 200 riders, and they realized that that we were the ones they were supposed to catch up to and so then we ducked into the neighborhood and it was really fun that sounds amazing yeah alright what's all this going to turn into I mean not not that it has to of course or that it should but it seems almost like it's evolving do you have any idea I think what I've seen happen over the years is that the riders have gotten really young you know so we started out as like some 20-somethings and 30-somethings, and uh, now it's like teenagers and 20-somethings, and, you know, hopefully, like, from what I've seen happen is people join up 
on the, the group rides. They realize that riding around in the city is easy and it's it's fun and they they feel more comfortable about it and they kind of get over the group ride thing and they just spin off into their own riding, you know, be it from to the coffee shop or whatever it is that they do. They ride on their own and then other people sort of take over and, and create the rides and they're excited about doing the group rides. And, you know, just hopefully... Hopefully it keeps going. You know, hopefully the younger generations, leaders will emerge and and uh, keep it going. If not, and uh, maybe everybody will get on segways. <laughs> All right, and that was a uh, and so. <laughs> can we end there? Can that possibly be the end? Don't end on segways, please. Segways no, suck. Segway is a transition. Segway to something else. Oh, what can we segue into so that we don't talk about how stupid segways are? <laughs> you know the segue? You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe. I see a lot of... Oh. Well, yeah. We could talk about graffiti in Bogota. No, I, I just think that um, the only way we can go is if people choose other forms of transportation than cars. So I, I just don't think there's any other future but uh, like a bike, a more bike-friendly L.A. It's just you can't... Just driving over here. We drove over here. One car was broken down on Sunset, and it caused a jam up all the way back to my office. I mean, it was ridiculous. So you just can't go on that way. Do you think we have a bike-friendly... Uh city government now? No. I think that Eric Garcetti is actually a fake bike advocate. Yep, that's right. And is his right-hand man, Mitch Englander? I mean, uh, no, Mitch Englander? I actually like Mitch Englander. Even though he's probably not that bike-friendly either. But Mitch O'Farrell? I'm not I'm not convinced that he's bike-friendly. I don't think he totally gets it. You know, we've, we've butted heads over this Hyperion Bridge thing, and, you know, having him tell us that this little bridge that he created over the river is supposed to satisfy our needs um, just indicates to me that he doesn't get the issues. And I'm not seeing Eric Garcetti, Garcetti take the kind of risks and initiative that um, Viragosa took. Viragosa, as much as the media disliked him, he did so much for our city by pushing through the, the train, the rail system, and pushing the LADOT to put in bike infrastructure. Um, he, he, I just don't see that happening with Garcetti. Like, Viragosa had some serious boleros, or bolas. Is it bolas or boleros? We're trying to remember. I thought it was uh, a different word completely. Huevos. Huevos. He really did have some balls to, to uh, push for bike infrastructure. And not only that, I've been paying attention to the little nitty-gritty. The LADOT, the, the inside engineers that, that hate it, they basically hate pedestrians and, and bike riders. Um, they erase crosswalks. Viragosa put in Jaime de la Vega as the director, and... That guy doubled, tripled the amount of bike infrastructure that was being put in to the point where the LADOT revolted. They actually went to City Hall and revolted against 
Jaime de la Vega and got him out, got him taken out, yeah. And Eric Garcetti was just, a, like, he had a chance to put in somebody, a visionary like like uh, Sadiq Khan, who just who just uh, retired from New York and transforming New York. He could have got hurt? He could have got hurt. He could have got um, Chicago's uh, head of DOT, I forget his name, but there were so many people that he could have put in um, that would have continued the vision, and he didn't. He put in the head of Parks and Recs, and the, the, the department's sitting in limbo right now. Nothing's getting done. It's strange to me because... Did you ever hear the interview that Bike Talk did with Garcetti? Probably not. No, I haven't. Because he was so knowledgeable about uh, bike issues. It was, it's impossible to imagine a politician being more knowledgeable than he seemed to be. He appears, I mean, he appears knowledgeable. I mean, he was there for Ciclovia. He's got his photo taken when the first sheriffs were put in on, on uh, Fountain. But I'm not seeing action. And he, when he was the council member for the 13th district, I didn't see any action. There was nothing getting laid down. Like a few sheriffs on Fountain at one time, that doesn't mean much, you know. I want to see him. I want to see him truly battle for bike infrastructure. And he had a couple of chances with the Spring Street bike lanes. And right now with the Hyperion Bridge, he has a chance to do something, and he's not doing anything. So. I, I I don't have confidence right now. I want to see action. Do we end on that, though? <laughs> why don't we end on something? Catherine, why don't you send us off with something? <laughs> she always has something very beautiful and, and inspiring. <laughs> well, I was going to talk more about Bogota, mm. and I was going to... Um, just mentioned that Bogota has a really amazing graffiti scene and street art scene and um, one of the coolest you know unique experiences for me that we had in Bogota was um, the opportunity to meet up with some local street artists and um, actually see how how they work and go to their studio um, talk to them about their inspiration and um, actually tour the city looking at the different street art. Um, it's, it's not illegal there. Um, it, it's sort of in a... The city hasn't decided what to do about street art. So um, it's not really explicitly legal, but it's not illegal. So... Um, people are able to actually spend time on the streets putting up elaborate pieces. So you end up with some beautiful work. And um, as a result of meeting up with these local artists, um, they actually collaborated with Don and, and they all did a piece together. And so that was pretty awesome. You were able to do that? Mm-hmm. That was really awesome. We got to hook up with, it was Cochino. And ah, I can't remember right now. I got a picture of it. <laughs> they we we were able to buff out uh, a wall and uh, paint. I mean, it's been years, but it was really fun. It was really fun. Make you do like murals and graffiti, and what do you like? I haven't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't really talk about it too much. That was that was the work that we did. Yeah. So I did that. Um, Cochino did this. 
beautiful. Which one did you do? The yellow and wow. yeah, yeah. Years ago, uh, that's one of the activities that I used to enjoy in LA, and uh, it was it was a privilege to be able to paint with some really great artists in Bogota. So how about a art ride here? I was thinking of a cachet ride. Oh, I mean, if you want to do a ride on Cache, you'll ride all over the city. That guy's got murals. Cache and I-1 um, from the SH crew are some of the most prolific. Uh, I, you know, the, the art is not legal, a lot of what they're doing, but it's um, it's a beautification. Like, those, those murals on Sunset over by uh, Coronado, are absolutely beautiful. They're not legal, but they turned a wall that was just a boring, you know, uh, a retainer wall into a beautiful work of art. And the city accepts it, and the neighborhood accepts it, and it beautifies the neighborhood. And they do that kind of work all over Los Angeles. I, I love when I, I'm riding my bike and I just happen to catch a Cache mural out of the corner of my eye and I see it and I'm like oh that's that's awesome that's you know that's bike LA and that's graffiti you know that's true LA graffiti right there and um, it's just great to see their work wherever you go it's, it's like a treasure hunt I, I would like to organize one but I don't think I'd, I would get many people I, it's interesting I mean they, the Bogota bike tours did a graffiti ride and actually while we were painting their bike tour came up onto our our painting session and uh, that was actually really cool it kind of gave me the idea of like maybe maybe organizing something like that here even as a as a way of of uh, making a living in, in some ways you know tourists from around the world would love to come out here and I mean, just the way we love to go to Bogota and see all their work, it'd be great to have a, a tour here in L.A. Maybe one more cool thing that we uh, take uh, from Bogota. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take that. Ciclovia. <laughs> we'll take Ciclovia and we'll take a graffiti bike tour. <laughs> There's a word for that. Isn't there some kind of a, like a Marxist word for when you take it? Oh, is there? I don't know. a really good uh, positive ending point. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for uh, Thank giving us a chance. Is this a bike talk piece? Yeah. Cool. What else would it... Round and round our bicycles Round and round our pedals go Moving fast, moving slow Up and down the hills we go Hopping, hopping as we go Riding through the worst of storms Rain and sleet and snow I ride my bicycle to work every day And I take my bicycle home every night Dealing with cars that get in my way And dealing with potholes left and right and when I ride my bicycle at night, I 
Use a hand to our headlight. So I can't see where I'm going. I'm talking to Gil Garcetti. Are you the same that that was the famous from other areas? Yeah, I'm the father of. You mean that's what you're referring to, <laughs> no, right? Because you were also. <laughs> yeah, I was a district attorney. Yeah. Right. Um, but also the father of, of Eric. Right. Who, who has spoken to Bike Talk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. So, but we're here for your art show, uh, the photographs about women on bikes in Paris. Right. And so I guess I would ask why... They all go together. It's the women of Paris that are so uniquely dressed. I mean, I didn't go to Amsterdam. I didn't go to Copenhagen. I didn't go to Milan. didn't go to Shanghai or Beijing. Because when you walk out of your apartment or house in Paris... I don't care what time of night or day it is, you're ready. And you're dressed beautifully. Women of all ages. But what they are doing is they're on bicycles. And I wanted to focus only on women on bicycles because I hope it would raise or beg the question of, so what are all these women doing? And the answer is, well, they're doing everything we do in cars in urban United States. So why can't we adopt some of the programs and policies that they have in Paris in our urban areas of the United States. So that's that's an understanding maybe that we lack is that you can, like people may have the misconception that you have to be sweaty and, and wear exercise clothes in order to bike. Yeah, that's part of it. You know, that when they see these beautifully dressed women, I mean, my goodness, yeah, yeah, they're, you're not in your tennis shoes and your sweats and if you're going to work, you're going to have to take a shower. These women know how to do it. And the the important thing here is that understanding they're doing it in a safe way. Paris was not a bicycle-friendly city up until the about 1994. Everyone assumes, well, they have Tour de France. Of course, you can do it in Paris. Paris was just like Los Angeles and every other urban community. They said, no, we're built out. We can't do it here. Wrong. You can do it here if you have the leadership. And it took the mayor of Paris, after they had a transit strike that shut down Paris, saying, we can't, we must have other options. And so he fought the equivalent of his city council and others said, we're going to have bike share programs and we're going to have bike lanes and I'm going to take away some of the lanes that taxis and uh, truck drivers use. And yes, you're going to object at first, a long run, it'll reduce traffic congestion, it'll improve air quality, improve the health of our people. So you're like a bike activist. Yeah, damn right. Sure. And, and a photographer. Right. Have you been Have you been doing other exhibits before bikes, or was this? No, I've been doing others. This is. Uh, I think this was my fifth book, fifth or sixth book. I have seven books out on various subjects. Uh, first one is about the iron workers doing the Walters and Concert Hall. I have yeah, one called Dance in Cuba. Uh-huh. And uh, I have uh, my big project is in West Africa about women in wells in West Africa. And I have a book coming out in April about Japan and the people's reverence for beauty. And the question is, why are they so unique in their reverence, respect, and need for beauty in every aspect of their life? I don't know if I'll answer the question, but it, it raises the issue. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you you did some bike work with bikes. No, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. And that's the bike they use. That's the bike share uh-huh. in Paris. The Valide. The Valide. Yeah. And and they and they all come with a baguette and uh, <laughs> that's a, right. A, yeah. a stale baguette. Okay. 
Well, thanks very much. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Very cool. Good luck. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS feed link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkBFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.